Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Connex podcast. This is one of our special episodes, Anna. This is where we get to do the part in the interruption. But we actually had a whole brainstorm leading into this because this form of our podcast is taking off. I, I even had Jay Bear tell me that we should consider doing this every week, but we love our guests. So we're going to still slide this in, but it's now got a formal name. This is now called Part in the Marketing because it's not just about being interrupted by the buzzer. It's the fact that we are pardoning the marketing that is going on out there, right? And, and we figured with that, we could have some fun today. So this was your idea. What, what, tell people the topic that we have for today. All right. So the topic that we have for today is basically annoying marketing tactics. Um, it's, you know, we're kind of inspired by our last podcast with Mark Schaefer and Marketing Rebellion. And, you know, we we kind of touched on some of the ways that maybe um, marketing hasn't quite caught up or some of the things that are relics of the past that people still do. And so we wanted to kind of touch on maybe some things that um, kind of piss us off a little. Yeah, those things it's, that we kind of, yeah, we say, fuck it, right? Like kind of yeah. like the book I wrote, I know, yeah. which we're not going to drop F-bombs that much. Don't worry if, if you don't like you know, those curse words. I promise to behave a little bit. But uh, we've got 10 items. So if you haven't heard this format of podcast from us before, this is how it, it runs down, literally runs down because the clock's going down. Each time we pick a topic and then the other person who challenges with that topic presents two minutes for a response. And it's basically the idea to rant about how you feel about that topic. So today we are going to talk about how much do you hate fill in the blank. And then the other person has about two minutes and we, we end up with a little bit of back and forth during that time. So we are going to kick it off here in about 10 seconds. Anna, are you ready? I am so ready. And I, I have the buzzer this time. So I know because I have the power. Let's be honest, the reason you have the buzzer is because I kept screwing it up, So, which could easily have been our first item that you hate, but uh, we'll skip over hating the Apple iPhone uh, alarm clock and whatnot. Well, even just the whole alarm clock and everything is terrible, but we're going in the wrong direction. This is part of the marketing, <laughs> not part in the iPhone. Uh, right. We're going we're gonna to kick it off here. I've got the first one for you. All right. you, got the, you got the buzzer ready to go? You got the buzzer is ready. All right. So Anna's on the clock for two minutes. I want you to first of all rate every time. So rate how much do okay. you hate full page takeover ads? Those ads that take over Ooh. the entire page. I don't know. We might need a whole show on this, actually. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let's say if um, like 10 is like loathe the most and one is like slight annoyance, I'm going to go ahead and give them like a solid nine to a 10, depending on what it is. The reason why these kill me is because you know, back in the day, not even that long ago, 15 years ago, when banner ads first surfaced, it was like, oh, we'll put something at the top or, oh, we'll put something cool on the side rail or, oh, we'll do this cool like static thing here. 
And then all of a sudden people were just like, Hey, that worked. Let's add more shit to this page. And Hey, you're trying to read about this horrific accident down the street from you. Oh, no. Great time to scroll the whole page down and show you this great president's day weekend sale at this furniture store. The timing of it is just so ludicrous sometimes. And it is so annoying because there's never any sort of rhyme or reason to it. It's just frustrating. And I really would love to hear from a brand who uses them and it works so exceptionally well that they keep interrupting my news and my flow. But Randy, I would love to hear it. You have like 46 I was passionate. I'm surprised I was only a nine based on that that (laughs) in your voice. I thought it could have been a 13. Uh, You know, I so I agree with you unless it's used well, right? And every once in a while, I can even go to like an offline experience. Sometimes in newspapers, when it's a full page ad from a brand you don't expect and they've used it in a clever way, I okay. admire. Sometimes I go to websites and they've taken over the whole you know, background of the page in a very okay. clever way. I like that. I like exit intent where it's essentially like a, an ad. So I think we have to be clever how we use it. But when we're lazy and we just expect that you care because it's all I'm showing you, I hate that too. Yeah. It's, um, oh, look at oh, that. There we go. You don't even get to pipe back in. Damn it. I two agree more minutes. You. What do we got? Right. Wake up for me. Two minutes, Randy. Are you ready? Um, hit me. Two minutes. Landing pages. Ooh, landing pages. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that one. Okay. okay. I mean, this is an area that, that I'm going to kind of give some context first. Um, so overall, my rating for a landing page is not landing pages overall, because I think there is very good use for landing page when we're trying to totally. test different experiences. What I believe is that landing pages were not built for gating content, right? Like it's, uh, what I hate is it's, it's kind of like, okay, First, I'm going to tell you everything. Then I'm going to get you to fill out a form. And then I'm going to take you to the content where you're going to probably have to download it from somewhere else anyways. The idea of a landing page when it comes to getting content, it's one of those things where we adapted it and we're like, I think I can make this work. And then all of a sudden, we, we delivered just a terrible experience. So I'm going to, you know, my hate, again, you know, high is the hate. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an, a, a seven and a half, which doesn't show how much I hate it. But no. it, it's just because like, I understand why people feel the need to do that, right? And, and I think that's one of the problems that we have to help overcome in, in marketing departments is it's, it's very tricky to, to produce these landing pages, to get them out in time. I actually once sat with a, a customer of ours, and it was the CMO being pitched by their team on their challenge with landing pages for getting content where they, it was a debate as to like, what comes first? It was a chicken and an egg situation. It's like, well, to build the landing page, I need the final asset. To build the final asset, I need the landing page, vice versa. It, it's a very complex issue. I don't think we can solve it in two minutes. I don't know. You got some yeah. thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you. I think, you know, context is everything. And I think a lot of times the user experience and the content flow on landing pages is just terrible. There's no sort of rhyme or reason or like things are introduced at random times. And yeah, it's all about context for me. I don't think, I don't think I have, I'll go with a five. Oh, we're going to have to stop there. We're going to have to stop there. I listen, as you're following along with this, the hashtag is Connex, right? And you know, let us know what you thought on those landing pages because we, we'd love to see more participation, even though this podcast lives on 
on how you feel about some of these things. So you know, the hashtag again is Connex and uh, as well you can hashtag pardon the marketing. Okay, so next one here, uh, I'm gonna hit you two okay. minutes on the timer, please. Yep. Tell me how much you hate spammed LinkedIn messages. Like I'm talking about the ones that come into our inbox, uh, right. the ones that in theory we welcome because you're now my connection or because you've bought enough in-mails. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. You know, sometimes they're real entertaining and I do value them for that. I will say um, my hatred level for them when they are carefully you know, constructed, they've shown some research, they sh they've shown that they know me. It's like a two, you know, like, I still don't love being like sold to um, in that manner. But like, you know, the fact that they've taken some time to like, actually look at my profile and get to know me or they know something about me uh, really drastically decreases that um, when it's like, hilariously wrong, like a uh, dear business owner, uh, we love the things that you're doing generic. Um, you know, I just kind of laugh at those and those are maybe like a three. Um, but it, I think, you know, the ones that are just kind of out of the blue, it's in the invitation. It's not even like after we've connected, it's sort of like the sale in the invitation. They don't even know me. We don't have any connections. They just like go straight for the sale. Those I get really kind of sick of. And it's, you know, it's, it's turning LinkedIn into just this like kind of smarmy gross platform sometimes when people do that and that's kind of a shame because it's a really beneficial platform and you probably get a ton of of, of crazy LinkedIn mail though oh yeah I get everything from insane offers to hello like that's literally the message sometimes <laughs> it's like hello and I think to myself all right that one definitely caught my attention but right. what what do you want yeah <laughs> hello uh, it's, it's, it's tricky. Like LinkedIn is not a text messaging platform. It's also not robust enough to be an email platform. So we have to be really smart about how we use it, uh, because we have one opportunity to break through. And once you do a great conversation can, can start, uh, there we go. Uh, or finish on that note. Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, who's next? I think you are. Yeah. What do you got? All right. You ready? Two minutes. Yeah. I want to hear your rating and thoughts on Google voice or any voice app really. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. So first of all, this is the hate meter. So I'm going to score low right. because I actually don't mind it, but I'm, I'm going to give a cautious three, which would be like a seven of a positive. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and here's why. So first off I, I'm conflicted. The problem I have in my own house now, I think we have like six of these things, right? And I was talking to my son the other day and he's like, I really think we need them in our bathrooms. <laughs> it's just like, where do we end? Where do we end? Where do, like, where does the, the right place for a Google Home begin and where does it end at the end of the day? And, and I, I think what I like about it is it's making it a lot easier you know, to play music on demand. It's making it yeah. a lot easier to find out the weather. Um, I, and it's making it a lot easier to even just ask for information on the fly. But, you know, there's definitely some concerns by audiences out there in terms of mm -hmm. what are they listening to. This was a really weird one. Tell me, like, I, I know there's this big, big brother fear. Right. And my wife and I were watching a television ad the other night. We have a Google Home in our bedroom. And all of a sudden, there was an ad for mosquito repellent clothing which we thought was like the coolest thing ever and we we're like that would be awesome for our kids time. 
So I opened up my phone, opened up Google Chrome, start typing mosquito, M-O-S-Q, and it re- auto-replaced yep. mosquito intelligence. Uh, anyways, it auto-replaced the whole term. And, I, and we looked at each other, we're like, no way. How, is that, how would that be the number one search result, right? And right. we're just like, it's listening. So that's where I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I think I same. I waver back and forth between like super beneficial and like Skynet, you know? So, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm just curious about why your son wants one in the bathroom. Did you get an answer? Uh, you know, oh, we'll I, never know. I, you know, and I, I feel like this is a good time to finish the answer. I, we did find out why. And it's because, you know, as he said, he's like, that's where I go first thing in the morning and I want to know who won the sports game. Right. So that's, that's fair. That's pretty you know? cute. Um, anyways, we, we've got to take a short break here. I should have left that as a cliffhanger, right? Like why do we need a Google home in the bathroom? Uh, but we've, we've got six more of these items that we're going to leave to the second half of this show right after we hear from some of our sponsors on today's episode of part of the marketing Connex edition. Hey everyone, I wanted to take just a few seconds today to talk to you about Emma. Emma is an email marketing platform that helps you connect with your audience and grow lasting relationships. They're awesome. They offer really intuitive tools to build and automate emails with powerful segmentation and reporting too. And the big difference is they're focused on you. Between their award-winning support and their pro services team, they make sure every customer has success with their email marketing. Seriously, they are amazing. You can learn more and request a demo today at myemma.com slash J is awesome. Again, that's myemma.com slash J is awesome. Hi, friends. This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connex Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at convinceandconvert.com. You need tools that can evolve to fit your needs. Unfortunately, spreadsheets and task trackers just can't do the job after a certain point, and manual administrative tasks distract from your team's ability to focus on creating. Thankfully, Airtable's flexibility and robustness gives your team the ability to get visibility into the most important information they need. Learn more about what Airtable can do for your team by visiting Airtable.com slash Connex. That's Airtable.com slash Connex. All right, Anna, we are back here on part in the marketing Connex edition. We are talking about areas that just bother us in marketing. And the next two that I know we talked about hitting each other with a, a you know, kind of revolved around advertising. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell me 
what your feeling is these days of these unskippable YouTube ads. You know, the ones where you got to watch the full, yeah. like, I'm going to call it. Yeah, like minute 30-ish. No, there's, I mean, I feel like I get the ones that are like a minute 30. Oh, they um, hate you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think they do. Um, I, you know, here's the thing is I watch a lot of YouTube. It is actually quickly overtaking regular TV for me. Um, I love the quick bite-sized pieces of content. I love the short form um, content. It's easier for me to like jump back and forth or get into a piece of content. So I uh, don't love it, but I will put up with it because I value the content that I'm about to watch. So I'm going to rate these at like a three, uh, which is weird. But if I don't feel like that piece of content is worth sitting through the whole minute 30 ad or even 15 second ad, I just bounce. I don't even watch that ad. So can we um, get rid nice of them thing. though? Like if, if, if I were to pay for YouTube premium, which I don't, but they always, right. talk, I think you can that kill the ads. Yeah, it would indeed. Because right. think of it, like how much is YouTube premium? I pay what? 12, $13 now for Netflix. Happily. I don't know. But it goes to show you how much I value that, like how much I value, you know, the freemium model. And I'm willing to sit through those ads because I haven't purchased YouTube Red, even though there's like original content on there. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's that challenge of once something is priced at a certain level, we're only willing to pay so much more. Like if you asked me today how much I'd pay for Netflix, if I didn't know, I'd probably say like 50 bucks a month, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. I'd be like, oh, for sure. But now yeah. the idea of charging me one more dollar to get me up from like 11 to $12 or whatever it is now, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Really? I, <laughs> I happily pay that. I'm like, you want another, you I'm want another out of me? Done. You take my money, Netflix. I love you. I know. I have to tell my parents who are using one of my logins to pay me that buck, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a that's tax. It's a, yeah. Um, there you go. There all you right. Go. But I, but I lined it up. We're going to keep talking about ads. You got a different ad one for me, right? All right. Yeah. So this one is for you. So uh, speaking of ads, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the endless commercials and trailers before movies, like in theater movies. Yeah. So so first off, for those who listened to our last podcast, I uh, was, was with Mark Schaefer. This one, this one kind of set us into this part of the marketing episode mm-hmm. where we're, we're hitting on all these things. I used to love those commercials that came before the movie. Yeah. I love trailers. First of all, I, I think trailers are always great, especially when they are contextual to the movie I'm seeing. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but you know, the ads now are, are no longer great. Like they're just ads. And I'm so disappointed because now I think to myself about when do I actually have to come? A lot of the theaters, I don't know if this is where you live, they now have reserved seating. So you don't have to get there early. I'm starting to realize, okay, well, how long will the ads be until the trailers come? And I'm going to just time it all to skip it, which to me is no different than what I do at home when I skip over commercials at home. And the reason they spent more money on the ads in the in the movie theaters because I was skipping the ones at home. So we have to stay smart about these ads. We got to be creative and let our juices flow. Yeah, I agree. And what's funny actually is same thing. So yeah, every movie theater that my husband and I go to, we reserve our seats so we don't have to deal with it. But we had a glitch when we went to go see Endgame. So we were at the theater, in the theater, the power goes out on the whole block. No. So I scramble and get the last two seats at another theater in AMC, like down the street. And I'm like, okay, great. 
So we go there and I forgot that AMC has literally 30 minutes of commercials and trailers before the movie. So now that three hour movie was like three hours and 45 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And it, it's, it stressed me out. Cause I was like, I forgot there are so many now I'm here oh, forever. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, back to YouTube premium, I would pay a premium not to have ads at the movie, <laughs> right? Just, yeah, you know, give me yep. 10 more minutes of trailers. All right. Uh, let's All right. Keep, let's keep going here. One more ad one, I think we decided. This one, I, I, okay. I don't know. I'm curious where you're going to live on this one. Instagram ads. I like Instagram ads. I feel like, uh, I don't know if it's just who I follow or what, but I feel like those brands that do target me, um, do so really well. I have actually purchased things based off of seeing Instagram ads before. Um, I don't mind when they pop up in my stories feed. Um, I like the way that people are approaching them. They're far more visual. They tell more stories. I feel like, um, the market for Instagram ads hasn't become so flooded yet. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to write it down at a one. I do not mind it's, Instagram. It's, ads. it's, it's kind of like the infomercial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, you're like, wait, I want to see what this thing does. And I want to see what the offer is before. Is oh, wait, there's I, more. One of, the, one of the first 20 people to call. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's true. I, I I don't know how. I mean, it's still Facebook behind all of this, and right. I don't Facebook ads. So why do I, I like terrible Instagram? ads on Facebook? I know. So what's what's happened? Is it a quantity versus quality issue? I mean, should we expect Instagram will eventually be lower quality as it's diluted and they get more ads, or are they just somehow targeting us at a whole new level, or is it the the confined amount of space that they have to work with and the format that we like on Instagram in general, that to be honest, I like Instagram better than Facebook to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I, it, it's a tricky, tricky one to, to figure out. I, I find I like the ads that I scroll through on my photos more than I like the story ads. The story ads feel a little too much like they're trying to promote something. Sometimes I've, I've also watched like three Instagram ads or three Instagram story ads and been like, Oh, that wasn't like a friend. I, that totally looked like something somebody would post that I know. So I do appreciate, it. I still feel like it's, it's pretty good. It's not the bad. Well, we'll never know. There we, go. we won't know. We won't know, but we, we got a few more here, right? So yeah. there's All so right. much hate today. So much hate. Although that was I a little bit of like, there was some love. Was a little bit of love for yeah. Instagram ads. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead, Randy. This one is over to you and you have two minutes. I want to hear your thoughts on generic calls to action. Like click here. Click here. You know, it's funny. We, we were chatting about this on my marketing team a couple of weeks ago because we recently bought a platform called Optimizely. And Optimizely, yeah, great platform. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and Optimizely uh, lets us as it sounds, optimize our call to actions, uh, you know, as well as different aspects of, of our web page and things like that. And there was a big debate because we changed our request a demo button to start here, right? Mm. And and it was and apparently Optimizely has done many tests to tell people that start here is the best click through rate out of any you know any type of button that you could do. Apparently, if you got Optimizely site, that's that's what you'll see. 
But to me, I also wonder if sometimes it's misleading. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. with these generic CTAs, we just try and plug the same CTA every time because we know what's optimized versus what am I actually offering right now? As an example, with Uberflip, we don't offer a, tr a free trial. So you're not actually starting using the platform. And I said, mm -hmm. well, are we misguiding and are we getting clicks of the wrong action? I would suggest the same thing may be happening more broadly. You know, take our content that we put out there. This shows all about the content experience. The right CTA ensures that someone knows what they will be given. And that may be much more than start here or subscribe. How, what's your thoughts on this one? This, is a, this could be a 30-minute one. I um one click here needs to go away forever. I don't I don't I don't care the circumstance. I think to your point, the more contextual the better and the more descriptive the better. And you know, bottom line, click here doesn't say anything to anybody. Like people already know that function, they know what to do with it. But I think, you know, to your point, yes, you can't just go and make calls to action super random and interesting because that doesn't work either. They have to be relevant, they have to be done well. And done, well. done well. Done on, on that, well. Well, well said. Well done. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we get one more each, so we, yes. we gotta be gotta be selective about these last okay. two here. Uh, and I've got one. I may have to contextualize this this okay. one as well. Uh, coming off of our CTA contextualization, this that one is when we have to start this with a disclaimer. Exactly. Well, it's direct mail, but but there's so many types of direct mail today, right? There's the direct mail that comes to us at our homes, but then yeah. there's also the direct mail that is literally directly mailed to each of us in a more personalized way, like more tactile marketing at our okay. desks at work. So mm. rate, rate both if you can in just two minutes. <laughs> All right. Easy. Um, direct mail that I received to my home, like for residential personal purposes, like I, I could not rate that more of a 10 than possible. Like if we could go to an 11, like spinal tap, I totally would, but in like a bad way. You mean I don't you understand. want to eat Subway seven days a week with coupons for every day? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> terrible example because who wouldn't? Uh, no, it's, yeah, no, it's, I don't understand how I can opt out of spam email, but I cannot tell companies to please stop wasting finite resources on me with marketing messages that won't work. On the other hand, tactile marketing, things that I get, like, for instance, the beautiful um, Uber Flip uh, thank you gift from Connex last year. Uh, I'll take those all day, please. They're beautiful. They're, they're um, you know, especially when, you know, yours contains some wine that was delicious. Um, and I think, you know, doing those in really personal ways is, um, it's amazing. And I, I, I like to see the comeback of that, but curious what your thoughts are both on, please rank them. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's, it's funny to think about how we have GDPR to protect our data and ensure yeah. that people are only emailing us in certain ways when we've opted in. But like, I don't know what we would call the one at home, like treaty PR or something like save the I, trees. Yeah, I want to. That was, I just came up with that on the plot on the fly. I apologize for the cheese. It's there. a thing now. Uh, exactly. Everyone's preparing for treaty PR. Uh, but no, I, I agree with the home, to be honest. I, I just throw it out. I barely, I'm probably throwing out bills and, and checks and things like that at the same time. But, you know, the bottom line is that's, that's the way the past, we are starting to expect more and more personalized experiences. And there's great companies. We actually remember when we had Jason, uh, from the UVS, 
That was a great yeah. podcast and a great example of being smarter. Was that a was that a weak buzzer? Oh no, I, or was that someone texting you before? That was somebody texting me before, <laughs> and there's no taxis on this one, so <laughs> no problem. It's fine. One day, as we say, this podcast will be able to afford a real legit timer that's not built in for our iPad. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is real in real time. And it's authentic and it's genuine. Absolutely. Listen, there's no script here. The challenge that we have here is we can't put our phones on do not disturb. Otherwise, buzzer doesn't ring. Yeah. (laughs) People are sitting there being like, oh, I get it. (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Last one. The text will not come up. I don't think. Knock on all the things. Um, All right, Randy. This is the last one. Take us home on this one. I want to know in two minutes or less. I don't know if you're going to have two minutes for this, but uh sales emails like pure sales from sales people okay um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go middle of the road i'm gonna give it a five and and that's probably being generous because you know the answer here really depends on how much effort people put in how much contextualization are they offering me something of value as a next step or are they as we kind of kitted with linkedin spam just being like hello yeah. <laughs> and that's literally all you get in terms of Which value. Can be, can be funny. It can be cute. Uh, but but it's it's tricky. I mean, we're living in a world where it's getting easier for salespeople to email us. And as a result, we're getting more and more. I mean, there's a lot of solutions out there. Some great platforms, great partners of mine at Uberflip, companies like SalesOff and Outreach and you know, HubSpot's got functionality built in as well so that we can automate the cadence of these. And you can tell now because they now have unsubscribes in them but they're written to be completely genuine from that rep. So I would say that with those, it's not designed for you as a sales rep to just spam me the way your marketing automation platform might do. It's designed for you to be able to have a template to start with to personalize. So the key there to me is personalization. And the tricky part is that I don't think marketing is doing enough to help that sales rep personalize. I don't know. What's your thought? Yeah, I think I I kind of agree with you. I'm middle of the road on this one and not to give a wishy-washy answer, but I think what I value are salespeople who kind of give up the ghost and don't keep coming after me when I either haven't responded, like I literally have no clue what this company is, who they are, what they do, and it's come to my personal email and it's work-related. And I'm like, that's weird. I don't know how you got that. I don't like that. Um, I'm not going to answer that um, versus, you know, those who are just sort of like, okay, well, thanks for being honest. And you're not really ready to talk at this time. Call me when you're ready. Like I value that a lot. You value that a lot. No, I do too. It's, it's funny. You say the personal email I have somewhere, I guess somehow I'm subscribed to my personal and my work email. So I'll get the same personalized big error here email to my work and my home within like four minutes of each other. And I just, I always sit there and I wonder, okay, was this a mass action or did they actually send it twice to my two addresses? And and we don't know. We will just sit here. We'll never know because we are out of time. Absolutely. We are out of time. This is, this has been the first rebranded part in the marketing episode. And I think this was a fun one. We got, we got to get a lot off our chests, really rant, uh, you know, rate 
quite a few different areas. I'd love to hear how our listeners feel about some of these areas. Uh, so if you were following along, again, you can use the hashtag Connex, you can use the hashtag pardon the marketing. And when you do so, let us know which of our 10 items, just to run them down for you, because I was taking notes here. We had the full page takeover ads, the spam LinkedIn messages, the landing page, the Google voice device in every bedroom, unskippable YouTube ads, commercials and trailers and movies, Instagram ads, generic CTAs, direct mail, and sales emails. And all of that in like under 30 minutes, which I think, you know, I feel good about. Yeah. It was good. It was fun. Misery loves company. I, yeah, I can't so, wait to hear what everybody else thinks. Yeah. So while you're at it, you know, rate this podcast format at a 10 when you use those hashtags so that we can follow along. If you're enjoying this or you're enjoying our guests on a weekly basis, let us know which balance you like. Until next time, I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip, Anna Rox by my side from Convince and Convert, and this is the Connex Podcast. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.